What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ted Jones World Podcast, as we have Parker Cohen here as our lovely guest this week, smoking down the vape. Parker, what the hell is up, bro? Oh, what's good, baby? We're uh, we're thriving. I'm like running on one brain cell right now, but uh, you know, we're uh, we're living. So, where are you coming from exactly right now? So, oh my God! So the last like three weeks have just been nonstop. We um, so we were in Croatia um for a week for defected croatia um that was like three weeks ago then we and that's back. a sorry and that's a music festival yeah 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 so defected is the record label they're like massive house label based out of the uk that was like the label that john released like his big hit deep end on um <clears throat> so that was like ridiculous um we were there for like six days just fucking bender and a half um came back to phoenix for like two days and then ripped it out to miami um so we were in miami for a week john was shooting a music video with sophie tucker they have a single coming up in um like a week actually no it's literally coming out in like two days it's coming out on thursday um so we were filming a music video out there in miami and then he played uh he headlined space which is like club space is like the fucking you know the The zoo down there yeah it's the it's the mecca of like all house music clubs in the states which so that was a fucking shit show he played like a seven hour set um and then after after that we ripped it over so like we're in Miami for um, a week, and then right after his space set, we're, like, on no sleep. His set finished at, like, 9 a.m., like, partied the entire day, and then we had to rip it over to Vegas, and he played Marky Day Club on Sunday. Um, so we were in Vegas for the last, like, two days, three days. So um, Parker managing a number of musical acts, one of them being John Summit, who's like blowing up right now, um, big house DJ. So right. kind of describe like what your day-to-day life looks like, um, you know, like when you're on tour with some of these DJs. By the way, everyone, Parker Cohen, a former UConn tennis member, uh, teammate of mine. Like, dude, I used, to, I used to smoke weed in my apartment bathroom with this kid so we've had a number of heavy talks and um also you know a number of light talks but go ahead man talk about your life yeah dude so man right now day in the life of parker cone is literally just like being hungover as fuck having way too much work to do like (laughs) flipping my laptop open with like i said zero brain cells just like answering emails um but yeah i mean like when we're on the road it's it's just a lot of I mean actually not even when we're not on the road it's just constant communication so it's like we manage seven artists so it's a lot of like talking to them about their like day-to-day like tasks that they need to get done projects that are in the works deadlines Um, and then if we're not communicating with our artists then we're communicating with labels or um, you know agents or you know, other management teams that, you know, we might be, you know, lining up certain projects with and so on and so forth. It's just constant communication. That's like the biggest thing. So, um, you know, being on the road, like constantly, definitely, like it makes it tough because there's a lot of deadlines that we have to meet and a lot of 
um, you know, just a lot of timelines that we have to adhere to, but then like, obviously we're fucking partying and getting after it like every weekend, you know, like it just, it doesn't stop. But I, I mean, I is, is there like, is there like a time when you guys need to like, just settle down and be like, all right, like for this week, we just have to like no. hone in on like what we're going to do like the next month and then, okay, we'll yeah. get back to party. A hundred, a hundred percent. So like, that's actually going to be like my next week. So John is going to the UK He's got, um, he has like three, three shows, I'm pretty sure in the UK um, this weekend. So like, even for him, like we had like Tau Group who ran, um, you know, his Vegas show this past weekend, like they're trying to like butter us up and they really want to take care of us because they want John, you know, to, to kind of be a mainstay for what they're doing. Oh, and like go to like all the locations and everything. Hopefully, well, and hopefully lock in a residency with, with them next year. So they got us like, balling ass rooms they like you know locked us in for three nights they're like i know he's only playing for one like because typically when you get an offer it's like you play a show and they take care of the hotel for like one night but they like they locked us in hotels like nice ass suites you know at the cosmos for fucking three nights and they're like trying to like butter us up and take care of us and shit so um but no so john's like he's going to the uk on thursday and then we're actually this is like the first weekend in like a minute that we're not traveling with him um so we are just gonna catch up on shit basically and hopefully get ahead as well so we're we're like home free for the next week and a half and then labor day weekend you know easy weekend that's when we're right back on the road with them so 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 how we do need to like take those like moments week or two here and there to be able to kind of like regroup and get our shit together so right now um i guess in terms of any of your artists like how far in advance do you guys book like i mean would you really care if somebody was like oh like i guess next august we want to have john or we want to have one of your other artists does it like yeah does it matter or how does it work no it definitely does so basically I mean, we have dates already that we're discussing in 2022 for some of our guys and John included. Um, the one thing that we need to like balance though with that, which we've already kind of run into this issue a couple times this year is like, you know, John's growth has been insane over the last year. So when we accept an offer for a show, that's like three, four five months down the line, the problem is like, by the time that show comes around, he might be even bigger than he was when we accepted it. So the billing order, for example, like his time slot, it might suck in comparison to like where he's at in that current moment because we booked it five months ago. So they're going based off of all of his accolades and everything and where he's at, you know, at the time, but then he might come out with like three hits in the meantime. And then the festival or the show or whatever it is gets there. And then it's like, oh shit, he's playing, you know, he's playing like the the 6.30 p.m. slot when he should be playing the 10.30 p.m. slot, you know, like more of a prime time, you know, spot. The billing might not be as good on the fly. There's so many variables that like, I think like people don't realize that we have to look into, but it's such a perception-based industry. So everything from like how big your name is on the flyer to who you're playing before, who's playing after you, like all that shit comes into play because the common fan who's going to these festivals sees these things and they just like whether they're even like aware of it or not they're subconsciously judging it you know and like if, right if, if they see below, his name maybe like a little bit smaller than the bigger performer exactly and then right. like and then, but and that's why we have to like be cognizant of like you know not booking shit out too far in advance because 
maybe he's, you know, like I said, five months down the road, he plays his set time is below an artist that he's very clearly bigger than it's not a very good look. Um, and that's, so that's just the perception side of it. But then there's also the like dollars and cents side of it. It's like, you know, if we lock in a show four or five months from now at, you know, X amount of dollars, he writes three hits in between now and then it's like, he should have a higher fee, but he didn't because we, you know, confirmed and locked it in. So short answer is like, yeah, we're always like, you know, booking shit out in advance um, and some things further out than others, but we have to be very cognizant of not doing it too far out because of all the reasons I just mentioned. You know, you do you guys have um, like a, I guess for all your artists, do you have like a, you pay like a deposit and then after you're done, they pay you the full amount. How does that work? Uh, so the way that it works is all of our guys have agents, like booking agents. So we're, we're the management. So management is like, I mean, it's everything from, you know, PR to marketing to like branding to just like overall strategy of the project as where a booking agent is a lot more like A to B of a task. Like a booking agent's job is to get as much money as possible in, you know, every major market that the artist needs to to break through. So, and don't get me wrong, like there's definitely strategy that goes into the booking side of things as well, but a lot of that comes from us. So technically the booking agent's work for us and you know we are constantly communicating with them trying to position our artists in you know the right markets playing the right festivals playing the right venues with the right promoters because you know there's a lot of shit promoters out there and you you obviously want to avoid them um but yeah so then the way that it works like money wise is you know a promoter or a talent buyer will put in an offer to our agents um you know let's say they put an offer for 10 grand for you know club space or like where, wherever it is. Um, and there will just be like a whole, whole like list of things that, you know, come with it, hotel, um, travel, whatever it may be. Sometimes there's like a back end bonus. If you sell this amount of tickets, we'll give you a $2,500 bonus, you know, right. so on and so forth. And then usually there's a deposit that gets made. Every promoter is different. It's, just, and it's all based on who you're working with and what market. And then obviously it's based on like, you know, the, the amount of money that the offer was usually the more money it is the smaller the deposit is because if, you, if you're getting like a fifty thousand dollar offer they're not going to give you a 50 percent deposit you know they're not so it just kind of depends but yeah there's a deposit and then after the show happens they pay the rest of of the fee and then you know if there was a bonus included in it then they you know then they'll sh- shoot that over depending on how many tickets were sold and um, yeah, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> so in working with, you know, like tons of promoters, promoters, you know, I used to be a nightclub promoter back in the day in New York city. There were definitely a lot of shady characters. Have you ran into any people like what, just when you've been on the road where you've just had difficulty with, or maybe you still are trying to chase them down legally? So not, not as much as we used to, like when we were, when we were like growing all of this and like, you know, first got started, you know, we didn't have booking agents for all of our guys because they weren't big enough yet, you know? So we were handling all the bookings in-house and, you know, when you're doing that, promoters don't take manage like managers quite as seriously as agents. Cause all, you know, like any, any like notable act is going to have an agent basically. So if you don't have one and your manager is handling it on your behalf, 
usually you kind of deal with some shadier, shittier people. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so yeah, we definitely ran into like a handful of people that, you know, we do not work with anymore that, you know, we were booking shows back in like 2018, even like 2019 with, but now that we have agents, like the other thing that they do is they're like the ultimate quality control. Cause they vet out, you know, all the offers that come through. So it's gotten to the point now where it's like, we might not even see, half of the offers that we're getting for our guys because our agents get it and they know immediately that we're going to say no. Like we've like built up seen enough um, offers it, and stuff. Exactly. And also like we have that rapport built with them now. So they, they just know what we're looking for. And if it's, if it's not in the price range of what we're, you know, shooting for booking fee wise, if it's not in a notable market, if it's not with a good promoter. Um, they're just not even going to share, they're not even going to share it with us because they know that we're going to turn it down. And, you know, there's like a lot of building that, that gets done on this too. So it's like, you know, when you get an offer from a certain promoter, you know, like, I'll give you a good example, like golden voice who does Coachella, like they also do sound nightclub in LA and they do splash house and, you know, they do a handful of other things. So there's like a lot of strategy that goes into like which promoters you're working with. So even if we get a good offer, from maybe like a decent promoter in a certain market like our agents won't send it to us if that's going to tarnish another relationship that we're like currently building in that in that area so it's like you know golden voice is a good example if we get if we get an offer even if it's really good you know in like out on the west coast if that's going to step on golden voice's toes like we're not, we're not going to take it. Because well, how, 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 how do you mean though? Like how would, how would, how because, would step on somebody's toes? Because, because a lot of these promoters, like when they are booking, especially like the really notable ones, like they're in it for the long haul. They want to like cater to you. They want to build out and like help grow your career, you know, through their, you know, their festival and through the markets that they run. So, you know, there's a thing called radius clause in a lot of these um, offers. In fact, in most of them where if you get an offer and you accept it in the contract, there will be a radius clause built in that basically says you can't play another show in this market for like 60 days prior and 90 days after within a 250 mile radius or, or a 400 mile radius or whatever it is. And it's because they want to be the one to build your act up and they want to like have that, have that relationship and build out that longevity with you. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of politics too, that goes into this because some promoters don't play very nicely together. Some do, you know, and there's like a lot of promoters that will co-promote and, you know, come together on certain shows or certain festivals, but then just as easily as that happens, there's, multiple promoters in one market that are all fighting over the same artists, you know, you got two festivals, right? Like every artist, like you can't play both, especially if these promoters don't play well with each other. So there's like a lot of politics that goes into it as well. That just gets fucking, it's, it's like, fun. it's like high school. It sounds. No, dude, it is. It is. And like <laughs> some, of it, some of it gets petty as fuck too. Yeah. Like some of it gets really, really petty. Um, but it's fun, dude. It's, it's, it's like just a big, like chess game, you know, like, so I guess, um, I, and like there, it looks like this summer you guys have really been like, you know, sending it. I'm, I must oh, yeah. say, you know, I, I'm watching yeah. your stories, keeping up on uh, IG and everything. What's yeah. been the craziest thing of the summer? I mean, do you have any one particular story that like stands out uh, more so than anything else? Yeah, I guess so. Just, just like, so okay. The last time John played space, um, 
in Miami. It was, it was in May and it was with Lee Foss, who's another like really notable, you know, big house act. He's, you know, he's a legend. He runs one of the biggest tech house labels in the world, Repopulate Mars right now. And they did a, a Repopulate Mars party. And um, it was Lee, John and Annabelle England. Um, and we, you know, we just got fucking after it, like went until 10 AM. Um, yeah. Just, 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 just went, got after it. Um, and I, I guess like <laughs> what made that, that, like that weekend so memorable was after his set, we were all fucking trashed just like on one. And Lee's like, all right, like, let's go back to my fucking hotel. He was staying at, um, it's called the standard it's like a little island you know oh yeah on like the west side of uh, south beach yep 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 so we went back to his place at the standard and we're like you know we're all awake right now we're just fucking ripping it like let's let's just keep the bender going so we went back to the standard got our bathing suits went and laid out by the pool and it was like the hottest fucking day like and this is this this is this summer this was in this was back in like may i'm pretty sure it was like end end of may maybe even early june um and I mean, we're all like retarded at this point. Like I'm like living on one brain cell, just not functioning. And we're out at the pool and nobody has sunscreen. Well, like Lee's wife ends up pulling this like tiny little tube out. And like, I hate the like rub on sunscreen. Like I can't do that. Shit. You're I a spray need, guy? I need to spray because it's like, it's too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, dude, let, you gotta sh- let me do one of these guys and be done with it anyways. So I'm just like laying on this, on like the beach chair or whatever. Chloe passes me the sunscreen. I'm just like, oh, really? like, all right, there we go. I'm good. Well, I like proceed to lay out for like the next three hours. Everybody's like over to the left of me. So I'm like laying like on my side on this beach chair like this. Dude, I got absolutely roasted. Like I, I need to like actually find find this picture. Oh, just the thing is with that Miami sun, it's like deceiving, you know? Like no, you can be is. out there for 30 minutes and you don't even know how insanely burned you get. Dude, it's 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 brutal. And, and it was just I, it was an uneven burn too. Oh, uneven as fuck. <laughs> and, and and dude, it's like I here we are like three months later and I like you can still see like the remnants of it, but like look at this shit. Oh, guys, yeah. Ted Jones World YouTube channel. That is a gnarly burn, dude. So bad, dude. I, like, I couldn't Ooh. sleep. I couldn't sleep. Like, I'm literally, like, because, like, you know, right when I get comfortable, I'm, like, finally asleep. As soon as you I move, move an inch. inch, like, fucking needles, like, everywhere. So, yeah, I mean, that that was just, like, one of the more notable ones, and I got shit for it for the next, like, three months because, like, of course, you know, I'm, like, putting it on my social media. And John, you know, we're, like, we're like partying literally into like, we didn't sleep for like three days. Like it was, it was ridiculous, but we're like, just like in John's hotel room, there's like 10 people there. We're all like fucking on shrooms and drunk as fuck and like <laughs> being absolute creatures. And John's like, wait, Parker, let me, see, let me see your sunburn again real quick. So I'm like, oh, I, did. I pull it up and he comes over and just gives me the fattest five oh star God. on it, like posts it on his story. So then like for three months after that, everybody's like, wait, do you still have the, you still, you still got it? And like, dude, I literally like, you can like kind of see the remnants of it. It's so bad. Yeah, man. Sunscreen in that Florida sun. You gotta, you you gotta, you gotta match it up. So, um, you know, your company, man, getting pretty huge. What, what does it look like in the future? Are you signing more artists, like signing on more managers? What is that looking like? So, um, yeah, right now we're currently working with seven artists. Um, 
One of them is a vocalist. So we're trying to like diversify the portfolio a little bit. Everybody's in the house music space. That's kind of like our, our specialty, so to speak. Um, also our passion, like that's just what I fucking love. So, you know, that's kind of the space that we've, you know, that we've dedicated our, our time to. Um, but yeah, like right now we're just in the process of kind of figuring out how to delegate work and hire, you know, the right pieces around us. Um, because I mean, we're working 80 hour weeks and then we're also on the road, like at least three days a week. So it's getting to be a lot right now. And, you know, it's been nice because obviously coming out of, you know, COVID shit, like we all just wanted to party, but even aside from wanting to party, it was really good for Holt and I, my business partner to like be on the road with our guys because you end up rubbing shoulders with a lot of important people. So it's like, it's important to be there, you know, at this like stage of things. But that said, we're also getting to the point where like our guys need tour managers and we need to get work done. So it's like, we can't, like, we're getting to this point where we need to start like putting some, you know, um, a little bit of a team in place. So right now we're trying to figure out, you know, what we're going to do as far as hiring tour managers for our guys so that, you know, when, like, for example, like when it's a fucking weekend run in North Carolina and it's not like a massive like thing that we have to be at to go like meet people or whatever, we need to be able to have a team that can go handle that shit, you know, for our guys so that we can stay back home and get, get work done. Um, so yeah, it's, it's that and, and really just trying to take advantage of the world, you know, opening back up, knock on wood. I know there's a lot of like weird shit going on, Delta variant, this Delta variant, that, but we're just taking advantage of, you know, not having played a show or had any show income for a year and a half. So So are you living with any of your team members in Phoenix? So does like that make it easier to kind of just like mesh and, you know, talk about what needs to be done? So even, even like pre pandemic, I, um, my business partner and I lived in a house in Scottsdale, we were renting a place, um, for two years and then pandemic hit, he, his, his girlfriend actually moved to Phoenix. They were like in a long distance relationship for a couple of years. So she moved here. Um, and, and, and they, it worked. They're still together. Yeah, it, it did. Puzzle tough, bro. Good know, for that. Right? And he's like a music manager getting wasted with you dude, guys all week. Dude, Dude, seven years, bro. They've been together for seven years. They're they're grinding. Snaps no, for them, bro. No, she's Great. the shit, though. She's she's the homie. Um, and you'd have to be to be able to put up with one of us right now yeah, because right? like it's, it's like yeah, it's ridiculous. But um, so they ended up buying a house together um out in North Phoenix, and then when our our lease was up on our house last July, so like right in the middle of the pandemic, um, I ended up just packing all my shit up moving it into his house like just kind of like in into storage basically like he's got a ton of fucking space here so i put all my shit into storage in his house and then i just went up to my lake house in northern michigan to live with family for the year basically just to be rent free and you know what i mean so and that's the cool thing about like what we're doing i don't we don't have to be anywhere it, it does help when we're in the same room, like we get work done together so much better. And like when we're on phone calls, when we're right next to each other, it's just better, but we don't have to be like zoom calls are really easy to hop on and like everybody logs in and whatever. Exactly. You know, phone call, same thing, just do a conference call, whatever it may be. Everything is just, it's digital. It's all email phone calls and, and zoom. So 
it was, it was easy to do during the pandemic, especially when there was like no shows going on. It was just all about like, all right, how do we keep our guys relevant? Like, how do we keep the music flowing and kind of just like make do with what we have right now so that when the world does open back up, we can fucking do what we're doing right now and hit the ground running hard. Um, but now that shit is back online, like it's important for us to, to be close to each other. So I moved out of the lake house, came back to Phoenix. I actually moved in with him and his girlfriend and I'm starting to house hunt right now. So I'm looking to buy a house here in Phoenix myself. Nice, um, bro. But, but yeah, but it, for the meantime, it just works out really well. Cause we literally like, you know, we wake up, go downstairs, make a cup of coffee, get to fucking work and don't stop until we go to sleep. Like it's just literally, it's just, it's 24 seven. So, um, it, it would be tough if I was, you know, still at, at my lake house. Cause it's it just, there's so much going on. right Yeah. Now. And like, I mean, it's like, you know, like the world is back open. It seems like, especially for like music festivals, cause people love live music. You know what I mean? When everybody was craving it too. It was like, yeah. people just wanted human interaction, you know, totally. like after, after a year and a half, it's like, you just want to fucking party. Like you don't care if a snail is DJing. You just want to go out. And <laughs> oh, I know. Dude, I mean? like, that's the same thing I'm seeing with comedy. Like I, it sometimes shocks me to see like how many people yeah. are at a rainy thundery show on like Tuesday night at 9 30 yeah. PM. I'm like, wow, yeah. this is insane. So yeah, dude, are, people... you, are you still, are you still listening to the underground hip hop? I'm not even underground. Oh, of course. Dude. Oh, of course, of course. Yellow Wolf? Oh, for sure, dude. Don't, don't <laughs> dude, make me pop the trunk to, on you, dude. I used to, I used to ride around, um, well, dude, in, in the Jeep Liberty, in my Jeep Liberty Yukon <laughs> with Parker, he'd show me Yellow Wolf, and I'd be like, yo, who is this guy? Who is this make me guy? go pop the trunk. Well, oh, you. Oh, dude, also, the funniest thing ever that people should know is, like, you and I, we didn't, we hadn't, like, talked for fucking ever, like, a year or two. I don't even know how long. And then all of a sudden, like, I got this Instagram DM from fucking Ted Jones. And I'm like, holy shit, like, what the fuck is this? And it's it's Teddy just, like, in his car ripping Yellow Wolf. And he's just, like, selfie video. He's just like, don't make me go pop. Literally. And I was just like, Ted motherfucking Jones. I was like, holy shit. Like, no, what a- literally, that was, like, in the middle of the pandemic, too, right? Yeah. Literally, I think it was probably like what four or five months ago, six months ago. I don't, I don't remember when it was, but I just like, I just know we hadn't talked in forever, and I was like, fuck. I was like, I have not seen this name in forever, and it's just a selfie video of you ripping Yellow Wolf in the car, and I was like, let's fucking go. So great, dude. um, So you're coming to New York for, I guess, like 24 hours in like a week and a half, or or yes, essentially, essentially. It's gonna be. Hopefully, I'll see you, bro. But like, how does the next? I guess the next rest of the year kind of look for you guys. Do you have everything kind of lined up? Yeah. So we're, we're, like I said before, we're in the process of trying to find, you know, um, a good tour management solution so that we don't necessarily have to be at everything. Um, But dude, we have like, we kind of already know like all the big dates that we're going to be at. Like there's some really big festivals coming up as well as, um, another one of our artists, Kyle Walker, is like having a moment right now and starting to like really, really take off. So, you know, for the last like handful of months, we've really just been on the road with John because he's like, you know, not to like sound biased, but like one of the biggest names in house music right now. So all of the shows he's going to do, all the festivals he's playing, like he's kind of the like hot commodity. So people want to talk to us too. Like everybody on the business side, they're like, they want to like rub shoulders with us and get to know us. Cause they're like, how the, like, how the fuck did this just happen out of nowhere in the middle of the pandemic, you know? So we've just, we've been on the road with him. 
um, for that reason, because we need to like be meeting a lot of these people that we've been communicating with over the last year, you know, just over zoom chats and phone calls and whatnot. But the other, like, you know, very sneaky, like benefit to that is it has a trickle down effect for the rest of our artists too, because as soon as like people realize like, Oh, like Kyle Walker's rep by the same team as John summit or like, Oh, freak on, like he's, he's with Parker and Holt, like Metatone guys. Exactly. All of a sudden, like, you know, labels are more willing to like work with us on certain things and, sure. you know, mend a little bit. And so it, there's been a lot of benefit, you know, not only to John and his project and like, just even like, you know, Holt and I as managers, but also for the rest of the roster, it's opened up a lot of opportunities and a lot of doors for everybody else because they're just like yo like these guys clearly know what the fuck they're doing like let's you know like let's not miss the wave for the next artist that they're about to that they're about to pop basically right damn dude so parker i want to ask you i see all the time in your story dude what the shit is this dude what with the sunglasses upside down what is it dude it's basically dude so that's that's the thing we just like John and I, like when we're, when we're, out, <laughs> when we're, when we're out and we're like partying and shit, like we just like naturally create all these stupid little bits basically that just like take off on social media and people think is fucking hilarious. And it's, I, I didn't even like come up with that. Like neither one of us did. Like we just like randomly were out and like some dude and just like fucked up in the crowd and had his sunglasses upside down. We're like, ha ha. <laughs> So we did it too. And then all of a sudden it just kind of became like a, a, like a, tell me you're fucked up without telling me you're fucked up type thing. You know what I mean? Probably the best you wearing sunglasses upside down in the club. Yeah, exactly. So then you're like, he's like halfway through his set. Like we're all in the fucking pocket and like sunglasses come upside down. And then like, you start seeing like everybody in the crowd starts doing it too. And they start like pointing at you. They're like, fuck yeah. And it's like, you know, John puts like, like it's getting to the point where he puts like one or two of these like little things in his story and then like everybody fucking eats it up you know what i mean so like people start start doing it and tagging like him or even me dude it's like it's weird as shit like i i'm like getting dms all the time from just random like random strangers and like random people just like have their sunglasses upside down like saying our little taglines are you are you single right now dude oh yeah oh yeah oh wow what a beautiful time to be single you're what what are you 27 yeah Dude, what a beautiful time traveling no. the world and traveling dude, no. Europe everywhere. It's, so like, dude, what's a place you haven't been yet that you guys are going to be going to that you're pumped about? If you have um, schedule that. Yeah, I think that I haven't been yet. In Australia so, situation, maybe? No, so that like Australia's in the works. They're just, they're dealing, they got all Yeah, dude, they had one COVID case and just shut it down. Everything. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, that, that Australia is definitely in the books. Like hope, hopefully next year we'll have like a, a good, like, you know, four to six week run where we're just going to go out there and fucking, you know, hit all the major clubs and just get after it. But honestly, there's not really anything in the books right now that like I haven't been to, but like really the biggest thing that, you know, we're hoping for is, um, is Ibiza. We want Ibiza to open back up so we can go. Right I've, I've been, yeah, it's Ibiza. I've been, <laughs> I've been before. Like, I went like right, like right after college. I, um, I went out there for like a week and a half with one, one of my buddies, but I wasn't like nearly like as engulfed in the music industry as I am now. So that's like the one place that I really want to get back to because now we're like, 
important and it's going to be sick to go out there and like have some status and be able to like you know just go run shit at all the fucking legendary clubs that you know that they have out there but yeah man we're it's the 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 next year it's like we just have these like little pockets of breaks and like this week being one of them and then it's like every other weekend like we're on the road if it's not with john it's with another one of our artists so you see yourself um i guess you said you're gonna buy a house like um as a resident of arizona for definitely the next few years right dude phoenix is the shit i i love it out here it's the cost of living is amazing um it's you're like you know, a fucking, uh, an hour flight away from LA. It's like being in LA without being in LA because the music scene is actually pretty good out here. Um, if we need to go out to LA and we want to like, you know, go for like a week or week and a half, we can just drive. It's like a five hour drive. It's not that bad. And then we can have a car out there. Or like I said, like Phoenix is like, you know, pretty solid, like hub airport. And yeah, you know, they'll send Phoenix you the freaking jet. Yeah, 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 right. I mean, dude, they're literally like, they're, you know, they're like $80 flights. So it's just an easy spot to be um, without having to be in LA. Like, I just, I don't, I really just don't want to live in California. And neither does Holt. We kind of both agreed. We're like, LA is like, and to be honest, it's not anymore. It used to be like, if you worked in music, like you had to be in LA. Like you just did, especially in, in dance music. It's just like, I mean, New York too, that's like another, you know, like another major hub, but really LA for like the dance music scene, like everyone is out there. So pre-pandemic, it really used to be like, if you wanted to do shit in the music industry, you had to be in LA. Um, So we kind of always had that like mental plan of like, all right, we might need to, you know, move to California. Um, But then the pandemic hit and now it's like, everybody's getting the fuck out. And it also kind of like the pandemic, I mean, in all industries, let alone the music industry, it kind of like shook everything up to where it's like, so much shit gets done over zoom chats now it's like like there's i know like a lot of my friends even that work corporate jobs that like they they have the choice to go back into the office or not they have their work from home setup so dialed in that like they don't have to go into the office they can just get everything done from home so it's really phoenix is like just the best spot to be i feel like for what we're trying to do without having to be in la Right. Cause I mean, if you were in like a Texas, you'd still like definitely be like solid three hour flight in New exactly. York, you know, it's the same thing as LA, but yeah, Phoenix seems like, I mean, the place to be, especially since like, if you're close to New York, I feel like there's not really a music hub that's like close to New York. Right. Also New York is like, it's New York is a little bit more corporate music. It's more for like the overall music industry. Like a lot of the like major labels and shit have like, you know, headquarters out there also in LA as well. but as far as like the underground scene, and I'm not saying that New York doesn't have a good underground scene because that's an amazing one, but LA is just, like the West Coast is just where it's where it's fucking at. So yeah, it's like Phoenix for me. Um, it it kind of happened on accident because I took my first job out of college in Phoenix. I was doing like talent, but like you know, assistant talent buying, marketing promotions for an event company out here, and that's kind of how I got my feet wet. I thought I was only going to be out here for like six months. I just like took this like paid internship basically you know, to get music industry experience and see where it took me. And then I got here, was here for six months. I was having a fucking blast. So I was crushing it. And I was like, all right, let's stay here for another six months. And then, you know, after that first year, I was like, God, I don't like, I have so many friends here now. And like, you know, love the scene out here. I was like, I don't like, I could see myself living here long-term. So yeah, I, for the foreseeable future, I see myself being here and I just, I want to buy a house and be able to invest in property and, you know, that like, 
even from an investment standpoint, like that's, it's a good move. Um, yeah, I just, I love it out here. It just sucks four months out of the year. Like if you can just put up with like chasing air. <laughs> that's air also, those are like the four months you're traveling anyway, the most. Also, okay. also true. Also true. Like we're, you know, I mean, I'm home like four days, like four days, three, four days a week right now. So it's like, yeah, it's hot as fuck, but like <laughs> Miami, I'm going to New York, going to Chicago, like kind of all over the place. So yeah, I don't know. There's something about, something about the desert out here though i i fucking love and i love how dry it is you know your boy's a sweater and i I don't like that humidity so like just throw my ass in the desert and i'm good nice man so when's the next time that we can see one of your performers lined up at a new york city club because i think that's probably the easiest way to see one of you know your talents right yeah yeah so i mean we have electric zoo john is playing the he's playing an after party at king's hall um but he is also supposed to play Brooklyn Mirage. I'm looking at the looking at the calendar right now because we got a lot of shit coming up. That's like um, a huge. I feel like Brooklyn, just in general, in the last few years, has like taken over the house scene over here. You know, oh, like a oh, lot more shows there. Oh, it has. I mean, dude, but Brooklyn Mirage has very quickly become like like one of the most notable venues in the country. Like, I mean, it's always been like sick, but, um, it's, it's like, if you play the Brooklyn rock, like it's, it's kind of like, so I would say like club space in Miami is the best club in America. As far as this music is concerned, Brooklyn Mirage is probably the best venue. Cause like, I don't know that I would call Brooklyn Mirage a club cause it's, it's massive. You know what I mean? And they have like all different types of genres that come through as we're like club space, like it's literally in the name. Like it is a fucking club (laughs) space. So yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't, dude, we have, we've got a lot of dates that are are being juggled right now. Um, but yeah, really the, the, the biggest one is like, he's, he's doing this King's hall after party after, uh, after Izu, And that's going to be, it's going to go the fuck off. It's going to sell out. Parker, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Why don't you shout out your Instagram name, how we can find you. And, uh, keep posting with you bro yeah dude 100 percent at j parker cohen on instagram um same on twitter um if you want to see me act a fucking fool go follow me and watch my instagram story because you'll, you'll you'll catch me at your your nearest club with my shades upside down looking like <laughs> with looking a massive sunburn on the side parker, dude it's been amazing catching up with you dude and we really have to chill in person soon man sunglasses or not i've always had a great time chilling with you man and um, until our freaking worlds collide, bro. Dude, 100%. Appreciate you for having me on, bro. I'll see you soon, my